Notice verse 13 of Matthew chapter 5. Look what it says there. It says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What I want to talk about this morning is preserving our nation. Okay? Preserving our nation. We're going to be celebrating the 4th of July this year where people are going to come together. They're going to celebrate America's independence from England. And, um, you know, and I'm all for that kind of stuff. I think it's fun. I'm, I'm thankful that America did separate from England. I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad that they had a revolution. I'm glad that they won the battle. And I'm very thankful for how our country was started. I do believe that God has given us a great country. I understand our country has a lot of issues. I get that. I do not deny any of those things. There's a lot of bad stuff you could say about America and you'd be absolutely right. But at the same time, I do believe that God has been very good to this country. I believe that it has been preserved as long as it has simply because there's been a lot of saved people in this country over the years. And you can, you can pull up stuff about our founding fathers to show that some of them had some pretty serious issues. A lot of those guys probably weren't saved, but I do believe God used them to get this country a great start. And I believe God did that because there were many saved people in this country. There were many believers. And I believe God used that. And so while, you know, it is, it's hard. Okay. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not as patriotic as I used to be about a lot of stuff because I get so aggravated, you know, by everything I see going on in this country. And it is, it's really hard to celebrate the United States, you know, after June, which is LGBT Pride Month, all right? And I've been seeing the LGBT stuff all over the place. It's making me want to vomit, making me sick. I saw an ad for Fruit Loops where they had the Fruit Loops pouring out and it was like the colors of the rainbow flag. And it's like, even Fruit Loops. Is pushing perversion. You know, it makes me sick. I don't like it at all. And then, you know, four days later, five days later, you know, four days later, I'm supposed to celebrate our country. But, you know, I will say, I will say one thing for uh, President Trump. I didn't hear him say anything about LGBT Pride Month. I know Obama made a big deal about it. He put the rainbow colors in the White House. President Trump hasn't been doing that. I'm not saying he's a great guy or anything, but I'm saying... He hasn't been making a big deal about LGBT Pride Month, so let's give him that, all right? Let's go ahead and say, hey, he's doing better in that area. Doesn't mean I think he's just this great, moral, upstanding you know, character who's never done anything bad in his life, but I'm at least glad to not see him shoving that junk down our throats. I'm very thankful for that. But I do, I do believe that God has blessed our nation, and I believe He's continuing to bless our nation. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe... He's blessing our nation just because we're Americans or just because, you know, we blessed Israel or a lot of the things that you hear people often bring up as credit for that. I do believe that God has been good just because there's a lot of saved people in this country. There are many people who are believers. There's a lot of people that are God-fearing, that are living like saved people. And I believe that we have been preserved because the Bible teaches that we are the salt of the earth. And salt, it doesn't just make things taste better. Salt is often used as a preservative. And I do, I believe that God has preserved us. I believe we still have some, we still have quite a bit of freedom, alright? 
I mean, I, I'm still able to get up and I'm able to say things against our nation and against our leaders, and I'm not getting hauled off to jail for it. I can get up here and I can still preach against perversion. You can't do that in some countries. Okay? And I understand we have a lot we can complain about, but you know what? I think it would probably do all of us a lot of good to go visit some other countries that really don't have freedom. And we would probably see there's a lot to be thankful for in this country. I am thankful for what those in the past have fought for and the freedom they have helped preserve. I'm not one of these that's going to go around bashing our veterans and things like that. I don't think we ought to do that. Uh, I think uh, we ought to appreciate what's been done. There has been a lot of bloodshed so we can have the freedoms that we have today. And I don't think we ought to forget those things. I don't take those things lightly. Okay, I, I think it's something very serious we ought to think about. But ultimately, I don't believe that our nation is still what it is today because of our government, even necessarily because of our Constitution, or even just because of the soldiers. I believe that God's people are the salt of the earth. I believe Christians are the salt of the earth. And it's important that we do what we're supposed to do. And so, how, as Christians, how can we preserve our nation? While we see freedom going away, while we see wickedness abounding, what can we do to push back on that? What can we do to, to make a difference to try to preserve what we still have? There, and there are some things we need to do. And first off, go to Genesis chapter 18. All right. So the first thing that I believe we need to do in order to preserve our nation, to preserve what we've still got, I believe we need to just have as many saved people in this country as possible. As many people who are saved, alright? Not even necessarily people that are living this great Christian life. I'm saying just people that are saved. I believe that makes a difference. Look what it says in Genesis 18, verse 23. It says, And the Lord went His way as soon as He had left communion with Abraham. And Abraham returned... Um, or I'm sorry, verse uh, 32 is where I was supposed to start. And he said, O Lord, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure... Ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with Abraham. And Abraham returned on his place. Now, you all know the story. We're not going to read the whole thing. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because the place was so wicked. The place was just evil and God's going to destroy it. And in verse 24, or verse 23, Abraham makes a statement to God and he said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? And then God tells him, hey, if there's 50 righteous, I won't destroy it. But then he goes down and Abraham talks him down to 10. If there would have been 10 righteous people, what does that mean? If there had been 10 good people, if there had been 10 people that went to church, if there had been 10 people that were you know, keeping the commandments, or just 10 saved people. I believe it just means 10 saved people. Because of the simple fact that you, that you can prove Lot was not a very good believer. He was not a very good saved man. Do you realize if you go and you read the story of Lot, after Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Lot was a leader in that wicked city. How was he able to be a leader in a city that's full of Sodomites if he's just this great upstanding character taking a stand for truth? You know he was keeping his mouth shut. You know he had compromised greatly. We see that when the angels finally came to get him out of the city and tell him God's going to destroy this city, he went to go to his daughters who were married and their husbands to try to get them to leave the city, but he seemed like one that mocked to him. 
They're thinking, what are you doing talking to us about religious things? What are you doing talking to us about the judgment of God? You know why they were surprised to hear him say these things? Because he didn't act like a believer. Lot was not what we would call a good Christian. He did not do a very good job keeping the commandments. As soon as he leaves, Lot and his wife and his daughters, well, his wife turns, wife turns into a pillar of salt because she looks back. She loves that city so much. His daughters, if you keep reading, commit a horrible, vile, perverted act with their father after they get him drunk. This is Lot, okay? This is a guy who does not have works. This is a guy who's got some serious issues. But you understand, if there would have just been ten of Lot, God wouldn't have destroyed the city. Lot, who's not a very good guy. What did Lot have going for him? I'll tell you what he had going for him. He was saved. Look what it says in Jude one one. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother... Or, um, that's not the verse I wanted. Um, where's the verse that mentions... Oh, Second Peter. I'm sorry, Second Peter. I'm getting ahead of myself. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 6. It says, "...in turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example to them, uh, those uh, that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot." And when it says just Lot, it didn't mean it delivered just Lot as an only Lot, meaning it delivered, it delivered Lot a just man, living just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Now, wait a minute. Somebody show me anything good that Lot did. Somebody show me one good work that Lot did in the Bible. You can't find it. I can show you wicked things that Lot did. I can show you one example after, after another to show that Lot was not a very good person. But you know what? Lot was a believer. Lot was saved. And you know what else? This is another example too that proves they had eternal security in the Old Testament. There are people today that supposedly are Baptists and Christians that don't believe that. But let me tell you something. They had eternal security in the Old Testament and Lot is proof of that because here we have a man who clearly does not have works and God's calling him a just man. God's calling him a righteous man. Where did he get that righteousness? Where did he get that justice from? He got it from the Lord. That's the same place where we get our righteousness from. It's not in our works. Our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ and just the fact that there was a man like that, that all he had going for him was that he was saved. If there would have just been ten of those, God would have spared that city from judgment. And I believe today that as wicked as our nation is, and I believe as messed up as a lot of churches are, and a lot of Christians are, God is preserving our nation. Why? Because there are saved people that have received Christ's righteousness. They don't have their own righteousness, but they have His righteousness and God has spared them. I believe that there are, there's many saved people in this town. I'm thankful. All right? I don't get up here and I don't talk about other churches in the community very much, but let me tell you something about uh, Harvest Time Bible Church and Pastor Meeks. Okay? One thing I'll say about that guy, he preaches the Gospel right on. Now, he's not the pastor there anymore, but I have talked to many people in this town out soul winning, and when I ask them about their, their faith, you know what? They tell me all the right stuff. 
I had a lady one time from that church that called, wanted to visit our church. She's asked me questions about our church. And I've had multiple people from that church. You know one thing they always want to bring up and they always want to know? Are you once saved, always saved? Are you, do you believe in eternal security? That is a foundational thing you've got to understand to truly be saved. And you know what? The man preached that right. And while there's other things that go on there that maybe we wouldn't agree with, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't do ourselves, he's been getting people saved. My wife, she's played uh, the piano for funerals here in town with many different pastors preaching these funerals. And you know most of the pastors in this town, they have not got the guts to preach the plan of salvation. The simple plan of salvation to at a funeral. I've heard Baptist preachers in this town get up and they won't even utter the name of Jesus for fear of offending somebody. But you know what? Pastor Meek, she'll tell you, he preaches the plan of salvation and he preaches it, he preaches it right on. He's not afraid to mention the name of Jesus. I'll say that about him. My wife got saved and she was baptized in that church uh, years ago when she was just a little kid. So you know what? I do, I believe that that has, that his ministry there has benefited this town. And you know what? I believe we are benefiting this town because you know we're getting people saved in this town. We go out every week soul winning and people are getting saved. And you say, well, I don't, I'm not seeing a ton of work. I'm not, but you know, we're seeing some. But you know, either way, the fact that there's saved, more saved people in this town, it is going to benefit this town greatly. Having people who have imputed righteousness in their life that is going to benefit this town. And I do. I believe, we're, I believe we're now the ones leading the way in that area. But you know, we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. There's other churches in this town that I've talked to people. I've knocked on their door. And while there's things we don't agree with, these people, when it comes to salvation, they're given all the right answers. They're getting the Gospel and they're getting the Gospel correctly. And I, I believe that God is preserving our community as a result of that. And I'm telling you right now, as Christians, all right, as Liberty Baptist Church, if we want to help our town, if we want to help our nation, you know what we need to do? We need to get as many saved people in it as possible. So why are we going to have a soul winning marathon in Aurora? All right, that's, you know, it's an hour and a half from here. We're probably not going to get anybody to come to our church from, from Aurora. But you know what? We can go get more saved people in there. And you know what? They're a part of our state. I want God to bless our state. They're a part of our nation. I want God to I want God to bless our nation. The more saved people we get in it, the better off we're going to be, and that needs to be our mentality as the salt of the earth. We need to be get adding more salt. We need to be getting more people saved, and just the fact that they are saved will make a difference. And proof of that, I believe, is the example that we see of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. The only problem with Lot, it's not that you know, there, the problem wasn't with him. It's just there weren't enough of him. And when you look at that, you say, well, Lot was nothing to be excited about. Nope, but he was saved. He had the righteousness of Christ in his life. And therefore, he could have made a difference if there had just been a few more. And so, they, did, they had eternal security in the Old Testament. Another proof of that is King Saul. King Saul, who the Spirit of God left him, which I believe is referring to the anointing that he had, that you know, God was using him, God had made him king, God took that from him, and God sent an evil spirit. But you know, even when Saul died in his rebellion, the day before he died, remember that story where he's talking to Samuel, who that witch had called up from the dead? And you know what Samuel said? He said, tomorrow you're going to be with me. Well, we know Samuel was saved. Saul died in rebellion against God. 
but he still went to heaven. You know why? Because he was saved. We don't, you don't lose your salvation, people. You never were able to lose it. You never will be able to lose your salvation. And thank God for that. And if we're, anytime we go out, we give somebody the gospel and they get saved, we have helped make a difference. We have helped add some salt in this country and we've got to keep on doing that. We've got to keep on getting people saved. We are, because see, our preservation is in Christ. Look at Jude chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to show you a couple of verses here. Look at this. It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. What does that mean, being preserved in Jesus Christ? It means that what keeps us saved is Jesus. Many people, when we're out, we give the gospel to them, where they often get confused, even though we don't tell them you have to do good works to be saved to go to heaven, whenever we get to that part, like, hey, would you like to call on the Lord? Would you like to trust in Christ as your Savior? I had it just yesterday. I was like, well, I'm not ready to make that commitment. I'm not ready to make that change. Or I don't think I can do that. Oh, you don't think you can just trust in Christ? No, I, I don't think I can live that life. I don't remember telling you you had to you know, live a certain life and keep, keep the commandments and all that. I just said you have to trust in Christ. You have to believe that He did the work for you. And seeing many people today, they don't get saved because they think, I can't keep myself preserved. I can't live, I can't continue living that kind of a life. But the Bible teaches that we're not preserved by our works. We're preserved by Jesus Christ. He keeps us saved. So well, what if I do? What if I call on the Lord and I go and commit some sin? You don't keep yourself saved. Jesus keeps you saved. He preserves you. He is what keeps you preserved and saved. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 4.18. It says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Once again, He preserves us. He is what is keeping us from... Becoming unsaved. His work. His work that He did on the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection. It is what keeps us saved. It's what keeps us righteousness. We are credited with His righteousness. And so, as we, do, as we get people saved, then those people now are preserved in Christ. And so, us as believers, what we do, when we go out and we're given the Gospel, when we're being the salt of the earth, we are helping preserve our nation just like Jesus Christ preserves us and keeps us saved. Just like Jesus Christ keeps us from the wrath of God and from the judgment of God, as saved people, we can protect our nation from that. And that is our job and we need to get as many saved people in this country as possible. Look what it says in John chapter 8. So also, just being saved will help. Alright? But you know what? I, I think we, but the Bible teaches we can do more than that. Alright? Just being saved is going to help. But you know what? There's more that you can do. And I, and I don't want to just do the bare minimum. I want, to, I want to help preserve this nation. I want to help preserve this community. So what do I need to do? Well, John 8, 12, Jesus, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus right there, He says, I am the light of the world. In John 9, 5, the next chapter, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, 
I am the light of the world. Now, is Jesus in the world right now? No, Jesus is in heaven right now with the Father. Jesus ascended and He said, I'm going to leave this world, but I'm going to send you a comforter. But Jesus, right here, He's saying, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But look at what He said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. He makes the statement, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Okay? So what's he saying here? He's teaching us, you know what? We now, it's our job to be the light of the world. It's our job to let our light shine. It's our job to let people see our good works so they can glorify Him. And so we see that it's His goodness that saves us, but our goodness can help save our country from destruction. Okay? Our goodness, our righteousness, our works cannot save our soul. Only the blood of Christ can save our soul. But you know what? Our works, our goodness can help save our country from destruction. See, this light that we shine, this light that we're letting shine, it's not our light, it's, it's His light. Okay? That light that we have, it comes from Jesus Christ. And us just being saved... It will, it will only accomplish so much as far as preserving our nation. I believe it's of the utmost importance that we have works too. Okay? Not to get to heaven. Okay? And everybody gets freaked out because, you know, salvation is not of works. I get that. But are you wanting to get saved, just get saved and then do nothing? Or are you wanting to get saved and then after that make a difference? Okay? Now, if you're just here today because you're just wanting to figure out how to get to heaven, all right? You get that by trusting in Christ. But you know what? Hopefully, if you're a member of this church, if you're a part of this church, it's because you're wanting to take it to the next level and you want to accomplish something for the Lord. You love the Lord and you want to do something for Him. And you know what? If you want to make a difference, if you want to see people's lives change, if you want to help get more people saved, if you want to help preserve our nation, you know what? You need to have works. If you want to be a blessing to this church, you need to have works. If you want to be a blessing to the community, you need to have works. If you're going to make a difference, you've got to have works. Those things are necessary. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that. He says, I want your whole body or your soul, spirit and body to be preserved blameless. Well, guess what? Our soul, our spirit, it's, it's fine. It is preserved blameless by the works of Jesus Christ. But you know what? Our body is not preserved blameless by Jesus Christ. Our body has got to be preserved by our works. Because you know what? There is a sin unto death that a Christian could commit. The Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he may receive it. There are some, uh, Paul had one man, in, there was one man in the church that had committed a wicked sin, and God told him, You need to put that man out of the church. You know, that the, and he was going to turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. That the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. If you are saved, your soul and your spirit, they are preserved in Christ. But you know what? Your body can be run through the ringer. 
Your body can end up suffering as a result of your sin. And he's saying here, I want your body to be preserved blameless too. And you know what? We need to try to do things that are right in our body. The Bible says we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to be judged according to the things done in our body. And we're going to be rewarded. If we've done the good works, we're going to, there's going to be those gold, silver, and precious stones. But are those, there's going to be that wood, hay, and stubble also that's going to be burned up. The things that we do in our body here on this earth, we're going to be judged for one of these days. Now, no matter what you do in your body, you're going to go to heaven. But the question is, are there going to be any rewards that are received? Are there going to be any precious stones or are all your works going to be burned? And that's going to be the case with some people. They're going to stand before God and all their works are going to be burned. And they're going to have nothing to show for it. But you know what? They'll still be in heaven. And the truth is, as believers, you know we're saved without works. But you know what? Those of us in the church today, those of us who are here, you know, we're, we're trying to have some works. We're trying to accomplish some things for God. We're trying to make a difference and, and accomplish some great things and we don't and we need God to bless our nation not for our flesh's sake but for our, or not for our soul's sake but for our flesh's sake. You'll get that my my soul is good. No matter what, I'm going to heaven when I die. But you know what? I don't want my body to get thrown into prison. I don't want my body to suffer hardship and hunger and pain and torture and who knows what. I don't want those things to happen to my body. I, I'm sorry. I am a little concerned about that. I'm not a big fan of jail or prison. I'm not a fan of starvation, torture, getting starved, shot at. I don't want those things. Okay? Y'all understand? I don't want those things to happen to this country. I don't want them to happen. I don't want my children to have to deal with those things. So if I want to make a difference, I can't just sit around and say, well, I'm saved I'm all good. I don't have to do anything. No, you know what I need to do? I need to go out and I need to do some works. I need to try to make a difference. I need to promote righteousness. I need to promote godliness. Why? As to help preserve our flesh. I want us to be able to continue meeting in a public place like this. I don't want us to have to hide out somewhere. I don't want us to have you know an undisclosed location somewhere. I don't want us to have to get rid of our website and our phone book ads and all the things like that because we have to meet underground and in secret. And so if we want to help preserve what we have right here, you know what we've got to do? We've got to have some works. We've got to actually make a difference. We've got to do some good things and have some righteousness in our life. These things are, are very important. So we do. We need to get as many saved people as possible, but then we need... We need to be as much like Jesus as possible. If you want to take making a difference to the next level and help preserve this nation, okay, first thing you need to do is get saved. But then after you get saved, you need to start acting like Jesus. And if you do that, you will be able to make a bigger difference. You know, think about this too with Lot. If Lot would have just acted like he was supposed to act, if Lot would have acted like a believer, maybe... Lot could have gotten some other people saved. Maybe Lot would have, could have gotten those just ten people. And if Lot could have gotten those ten people, that city would have been spared. His wife wouldn't have turned into a pillar of salt. Maybe his daughters wouldn't have done the perverted thing that they did that ended up bringing up a race of people that were, that were a cursed group. That ended up causing Israel a bunch of problems. 
Maybe that would have happened if Lot would have acted like a believer. And I believe part of being salt and preserving our nation, we've got to have God's people acting like God's people. Acting like Christ. Turn, look at Matthew chapter 5, verse, um, verse 17 again. Notice this. After He tells them to let your light shine so they'll see your good works. Look what He says in verse 17. He says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jaw or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now your dispensationalists and your trendies are, going to, are taking this passage and saying, you know, this is just for that time for that dispensation. Do you mean Jesus, He preached this message as something that was just supposed to be used for those next three years that He was doing His ministry on earth? Do you think that He bothered to preserve this writing even though after Matthew was written, that dispensation was already over and complete? Now let me tell you something. The laws of God, they still matter. They don't save us. And the truth is, we learn they never did save people. But they are things that we are supposed to live by. God wants us to follow His law. And us fulfilling God's law, it will not gain righteousness for us, but it once again, it will help us gain rewards in heaven. Because look what He says. If we will do the least commandments, and if we will teach those, Bible says we'll be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But if you do not do those, and if you teach others, and if you're like, hey folks, don't worry about that stuff in the Old Testament. That was a dis different dispensation. God doesn't care if you cross-dress anymore. You know, God doesn't care about that kind of... No. If Bible says if you teach that, Bible says you're going to be least in the kingdom of heaven. You're still going to the kingdom of heaven if you're saved, but you're going to be least. You're not going to have as many rewards. Why? Because you didn't do those little things and you didn't teach other people. In fact, you taught other people not to do those little things. Turns out, the Lord likes His law that He gave. He believes it's a good law. And it is. Because He is good. And the truth is, the third thing we need to do, if we're going to help preserve this nation, we not only need to get people saved, not only do we need to act like Christ, but we've got to get other people acting like Christ. That's why we have church. That's why we teach that salvation is without works, yet we harp on works all the time. Why do we do that? Turn over to James chapter 2 and verse 14. Past time, you, you constantly bring up the fact salvation is not of works, yet you talk about works all the time. Yes, because we're not just here about salvation. In fact, church, it's for saved people. Okay? This, is for, this is for saved people. What we do out there is for the lost. Look what it says in James 2 and verse 14. He says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Now, people will take this and say, if you have faith but you don't have works, you're not saved. 
No, what this is teaching is if you have faith and you don't have works, you are of no profit to anybody. You're not helping anybody. Okay, if you're saved, but you're not doing any works, you're not profiting anybody else. Look what it says in Titus. Alright, Titus chapter uh, 3. Let me show you this passage right here. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Looks like Jesus gets all the credit for our salvation, doesn't it? It looks like our works are not included as part of salvation. But look what it says here. It says, "...which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life." This is a faithful saying, "...and these things I will that thou affirm constantly." Okay? He's saying, this is what, I want you to constantly harp on this. Specifically, to believers. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things will keep you saved. Is that what it says? No, it says the same thing that James 2 says. These things are good and profitable unto men. You all see that? Our good works profit other people, don't they? Our good works will benefit our community. Our good works will benefit our neighbor. Our good works will benefit our nation. These things are these good works are good and profitable for men. We are not saved by works, but our works are important because they are profitable to other people. Once again, I'm talking about how we can make a difference. I'm talking about how we can help preserve our nation how we can keep and we can hang on to the freedom that we still have. We can have these things by good works. Us doing good works. Us teaching other people to have good works. These things are profitable to men. Jesus' work, it profited us greatly, didn't it? His work, I mean, gained eternal life for us. It bought our salvation. And you know what? God wants us to do works to profit other people. That's why we get up and we harp on these things. Because you know what? You got saved for free. Jesus did a work for you. And He saved your soul. And He gave you that salvation for free. And God wants us to, God wants us to take what He did for us and then not give something back to Him, but go do something for somebody else. God loved us. He said, God, it's very clear in the Bible, He said, because I've loved you. You know what he said? He didn't just say, love me back. No, he said, I love you. You go love one another. Just like I love you. He didn't say, just like I love you, you love me. No, just like I love you, you love one another. You go take what I gave you and don't give it back. You go give it to somebody else. Jesus talked about that. How, you know, if you just salute your brother only, you know, what do you? You know, the publicans do that. Lost people, they'll do good to those who do good to them. Hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Lost people will do that. Jesus came and He did good for us when we had only done bad for Him. Jesus came and He offered us a gift when we had nothing to offer back. So you know what we do? We're supposed to do that same thing. That's how we preserve our nation. We're going to go out and we're going to offer something to people who don't have anything to offer us. And not just the gift of salvation. 
not just the gift of salvation. You know what? You ought to go and just do something nice with somebody. You ought to, you know, go pay for somebody's meal. You know, go help somebody with a physical need they have. Go do some work for someone else who has nothing that they can do for you. Go be a blessing. Why should we do that? Because Jesus did that for us and He wants us to do it to other people. If we do that type of thing, that is the type of thing that will preserve our nation. That is called being salt. But the Bible says that if the salt has lost its savor, it is thenceforth good for nothing. We cast out and trodden under the foot of men. We need to be making a difference. We need to be doing something. And look, we shouldn't be too quick to call down judgment on the USA. If judgment comes, okay, keep this in mind. If judgment falls on this nation, then you know what that means? That means we failed as a preservative. Just I blame Lot for what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't expect sodomites to change things. You think the sodomites were going to go telling people about God and about salvation? Absolutely not. Guess whose job that was? It was Lot's, and he failed. Even with his own family, he failed. It's Lot's fault that that went down. It's Lot's fault he couldn't recruit some righteous people. It's supposed to be saved people that get other people saved, not lost people that get other people saved. Saved people are the ones that are supposed to do it. And if judgment falls on this nation, it's going to be because there wasn't enough salt. And that means maybe we weren't doing the works ourselves. Maybe it means we weren't teaching other people to do the works. Or maybe it just means we didn't get enough people saved. I don't know. It's not always going to be about 10 righteous people. God started with 50. I don't know how God's going to deal in all these situations, but it's very clear that saved people being somewhere can make a difference. And it's very clear that people that are acting like Christ and acting godly will make a difference. And if so if we can do that ourselves, but then not only just ourselves do that, but multiply it. Hey, you know what? I can only do so much. I can only do so much good in this town. So you know what I'll do? I'll keep doing the good I'm doing. But if I can teach somebody else to do good, now the goodness is doubled. There's other people doing work that's accomplishing things for this community, and I'm not even the one doing the work. And then if they go and they teach somebody else to do the same thing, we see it multiplying. We see it making a difference. And we can see our nation being preserved. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6 is the last passage I want to show you. The Bible says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. You know, we need to be, walk in wisdom towards the, say, the uh, those who are not saved. Those who are outside this church. We need to let our speech be all the way with grace. We're going to season it with salt. What are, we, what are we trying to do? Hey, we're trying to make it taste good. We're trying to make it, uh, we're trying to make it pleasant. We're trying to make it desirable. Why are we doing this? Because we want people to listen to us. We want to be able to, to give them an answer. We want to make a difference. We want to see people saved. We want to see our community preserved. We want to see our nation preserved. And you know what? We're not going to get it by just voting in more Republicans and Democrats. That's not going to change a thing. And we've just got to get that out of our heads. I'm sad by a lot of preachers that I know, a lot of pastors who they have turned their focus from their church and their local community to Washington, D.C. 
It doesn't start in Washington, D.C. It ends in Washington, D.C. Where we're going to make the difference in this country, it's not going to be there. It's going to be here. For us, it's going to be in Rock Falls. That's where we've got to start trying to make a difference. And if we will, if we will do that, if we will be salt in this community, maybe we can see many more years of freedom in this country. What we see happening, some of these laws that I hear getting passed in other countries, it scares me sometimes because I'm thinking, we're probably not going to be that far behind. But I'm t- I believe if we will keep getting people saved and if we will keep living like we're saved and teaching other people to do the same thing, we can, we can hold that off. We can maybe let the next generation have what we have. But we've got to do our job. We've got to be salt. We don't want to lose, we don't want to lose our savor. And that's possible. We can, we'll still be salt. We're still saved, but we lose our savor or we lose our effectiveness. And then we're good for nothing. And I'm afraid there's some Christians, they are, they're saved. And, and that helps some. It does. It, it, it would have made a difference in Sodom and Gomorrah if there could have just been ten saved people there. But you know what? Sometimes we, we need more than that. And wickedness is abounding in our country. And I do. I believe that we really need to double our efforts in getting people saved and being good and doing good works. Those good works, they won't get us to heaven, but you know what they will do? They'll profit our brethren. They'll pro- we'll profit each other in those good works. And I want to do that I didn't come to start a church in Liberty Baptist Church to just take up some space. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in this town. And you know what? We've expanded our focus around here. We want to make a difference in the state and in this nation and in this world. God, God called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, my jurisdiction, it does not border in the city limits of Rock Falls. It's this whole entire earth. The very ends of the earth uh, the Bible, te- Bible teaches. And that's what we're going to do. We're gonna, and we're going to try to get as many people saved as we possibly can so we can make a difference and preserve what we have. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for sending Your Son. We thank You for uh, giving us freely that gift of salvation. We thank You for preserving us that we can just rest assured and we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we will be in heaven when we die. But dear God, I'd like to preserve some things that we have in this country and dear Lord, I pray you'll help us to uh, do what we are supposed to do, that we'll get as many people saved as possible. But then, Lord, we will teach them to observe all things. We'll train them so they will uh, also go out and get more people saved and do the good work so we can profit those around us. And I pray you'll, you'll help us to just be a shining light in this community and in this nation. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's